the volume. Moneyline Monaco is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. This is why I love betting on the FanDuel Sportsbook. There's great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and so much more. There's amazing new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings if you want to cash out in as fast as two hours. And how fun is it to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay? Discover the most popular same game parlays each day right when you log in presented by FanDuel on that homepage. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now. Sign up with promo code MONACO so they know I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco chilling with a special recurring guest, my man Martin Weiss of the Extra Points Pod Network with Cousin Sal and the gang, FanDuel Cousins of ours. Back on the mic, we had him on right before the playoffs. Got to bring him back. Debrief a little after these first series, midway through the second series. Martin, great to be with you, my man. My man, Alex Money line, the maniac Monaco. I'm happy to be here. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right, these are some very interesting series. Uh, we're we're kicking off this pod talking about Friday's games, which is the Heat Sixers and the Suns and the Mavericks. This is going to be a fascinating game three for both of these. I want to get your thoughts on this Heat Sixers series coming off that game too. Heat have covered really comfortably in both of these games. And we're seeing obviously now a new, a new chapter. We go back to Philly and Embiid is supposed to be a go. The line on FanDuel is virtually a pick them minus one for Miami. But what, what have you seen from a betting perspective in this Heat Sixers series thus far? Well, I know first. What I've seen as a viewer perspective of the <laughs> NBA, what are we doing on Cinco de Mayo? There's just no games. Like, just there's no games on Thursday. Like, what, what's that about? Like, what? I don't know what you did last night, but I know me. I was miserable. I was miserable. I had to go to a comedy show. I left the house. I went out. Anyway, <laughs> they wanted us to party, man. They wanted us to enjoy uh, the day. Uh, you know what? Give me how about you? How, how about you give me a Saturday night instead, you jerks? On a Thursday night, I mean, come on. I get I live in L.A., but still, I have work on Friday morning. Anyway, Heat Sixers. My takeaway is, I don't, I mean, the whole idea, Joel Embiid's coming back, I get it. He'll be wearing the Batman mask, I get it. But I was watching TV, and Chris Haynes said that Joel Embiid couldn't look at his phone until 
very, very recently. And this was like Wednesday, I think. So, I mean, okay, cool. You can't look at the phone. The backlight is doing too much. It's too hard for you on Wednesday. I'm expecting you on Friday to, to, to not just be on the NBA court, but to be the top three MVP vote in, on the NBA court. Like, no, I'm not buying that. I think Miami is going to roll this series, really Embiid or not. And secretly, if Scotty Barnes had a healthy foot, we might be talking about Toronto versus the Miami Heat. Is there anything positive you can even say about what you're seeing with Philly? I, I mean, Maxi gave us a decent game, too. I'm more concerned that Maxi gives us 34, Harris gives us 21, Harden gives us 20, and they still lose 119-103. Well, I mean, part of the reason is, it's like the one person you didn't mention is, or two people you didn't mention is DeAndre Jordan and Paul Reed. Like, look, I get it. Bam Adebayo is probably what? Third, fourth, fifth best center in the NBA, big man in the NBA. When you want to come down to it, definitely top seven, however you shake it. But if you're Philadelphia, you got to uh, – and I know this is like the, the nerds on Twitter are screaming the same thing. It's not an initial take, but go small. You just read the numbers that uh, that uh, that, uh, that Harris is putting up and Maxie and so on. Have James Harden be your point guard, put Tobias Harris at center, and hope that you make more threes than the other team. That would be my only the only way I think Philly really has a shot here. And if I was a Philly fan, I would have zero confidence that that's going to happen based off the way that Doc Rivers seems to be like you know, digging his trench in on DeAndre Jordan and playing a big like he, he every day in his postgame press conferences. He's like, yeah, we're going to play DeAndre Jordan. If you knew basketball better, you wouldn't have a problem with it. Well, I don't know. I've never blown a three one lead, though, or a three. <laughs> how so how big of a a coaching mismatch is this? You think there's nothing? Because as I'm still making my decision as we speak on what side I'm on here, I think I'm leaning Miami. But if there was one game, I mean, again, you, these each each game in a series takes on a life of its own. Is there anything telling you to take Philly in game three? Are you going to really just take Miami on the money line? There is absolutely nothing telling me to take Philly in game three. <laughs> Maybe Philly in game four depending on if MB plays uh, in game three and we see what he looks like, then maybe I would lean towards Philly and the points because I still think even in a game four, they'd probably be home dogs, like especially if they're up 3-0. But, I mean, this Philly team, I mean, I can't imagine another scenario in which you trade for a guy who's, you know, if not all 75 was borderline, you know, Hall of Famer, and it's just a non-impact. A non-starter. They would have been better if they hadn't traded for James Harden, which is wild to think. You would have had James. You wouldn't have had James Harden, but you would have had Seth Curry and Andre Drummond right now, spacing the floor in Philadelphia. It's a wild thought. Let's let's shift to the Suns Mavs series. 2-0 Friday night back in Dallas. We do know Dallas is a very good home team. Thirty-one and thirteen on the season. They're also very good off a loss. Actually, second best in the league at twenty-three and ten. And this one is another pick em. We're seeing a one-point spread here on FanDuel, Martin. Anything that gives you confidence to take Dallas now that it's shifting back to Texas? Well, it's more a Phoenix fade because I think that Luke, Luke is going to get his. I think the way we've seen him, been def- seen him be defended in the first two games is, all right, Luca, we're not going to double you. 
go ahead. You want 50 points, get 50 points. You would like 60 points, have 60. But you know what's not going to happen? Jalen Brunson, you're not getting off. Spencer Dinwiddie, you're not getting off. And we're going to feed DeAndre Ayton and, and just run at the rim because the Mavericks, guess what you guys also don't have? A big guy. You guys, it, it, Dwight Powell is just not that, he's not that caliber of player to be able to hang out. And uh, what, everything that was working against the Jazz for the Mavericks isn't going to work because, like Jason Kidd said, these bigs can shoot. JaVale McGee is going to shoot the ball. I mean, I'm sorry, DeAndre Ayton is going to shoot the ball. JaVale McGee is going to rim run, whereas Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside just, they weren't, that wasn't a part of Utah's offensive option until what was it game four where they got the, the game win alley game winning alley oop from Donovan uh Mitchell to Rudy Gobert? A yeah. site that all jazz fans are gonna sit back and just think of what could have been as they blow that team up. <laughs> but I like the Suns in this series, and I think they'll get it in six. And I don't, but it'll be one of those six that feels closer to five. Um, I think that if they were to steal a game. The Mavericks, it would be this one. Luka coming off back-to-back, pretty amazing performances. But the thing for me with this Mavericks team that's concerning is I think that you saw something. Like, Jalen Brunson's a real player. Spencer Dinwiddie's a good player. But, like, that team without Luka, I know the Jazz were, you know, on their deathbed. However, that team without Luka was still pretty impressive in that 30-point-of-game playoff score. Luca came back in, they lost immediately. His usage rate has got to go down. He's got to get his teammates more involved. He's got to become a more willing passer and not necessarily on some, like, you know, guy standing around waiting to catch the ball and shoot, but more so on some run some more offense like they were running against Utah. I think Dallas can come out and do that, but the big concern is, you know, playoffs are about adjustments, right? The last coach that told – Luka Doncic to pass more, got fired. You know, the coach is in Indiana, right? So I don't know if that's going to – like how – I don't know how that plays out. I think that's the way Dallas has to win. I think you get guys shooting better at home. So if I were to lean to Dallas to win a game, it'd be game three or game four. But I I don't feel – I don't feel great about backing them, even though knowing they're going to win at least one or two of the games in the series. Yeah, how do we decipher that? I mean, we see Dinwiddie dropping off in production 11 and 8 in games one and two, Brunson 13 and nine. I mean, that's the first game he was held under 20 points and now the second in the whole playoff. So is it is is it a shift to Dallas? Role players will come out. I mean, Reggie had a decent game. Finney Smith has been okay. Is there any confidence that these role players will step up in game three? Because I'm concerned with what we're seeing with Crowder and Bridges and Cam Johnson, both having very serviceable game one and yeah. game twos, if they're cooking and you got the Suns big three eating, I mean, D-Book off a 30-piece, Chris Paul off a 28, and a quiet eight and night, and they still win by double digits. I mean, they ran them out of the building. I had a double result, and I'm still salty because they didn't win the first half. Dallas won the first half. And then you look at the box score at the end, you're like, how the heck did they even compete for 24 minutes? So are you confident in the role players with Dallas in game three? So that's that. That would be where my level of confidence would have to originate from, right? I do. I, I think that you'll see Brunson did what he shoot better at home. Uh, like you said, Reggie Bullock or Bullock had a had a good game, but uh, I think you might see some of the same variants that you saw in Phoenix. I know Devin Booker wasn't there in New Orleans, but their role players didn't play like that in New Orleans in a cracking arena, like where everything with all defensive pressure. Mavericks are a good defensive team. 
I don't think you'll see the same Jay Crowder and, and Mikhail Bridges and, and output. And plus, too, the sneaky thing to be careful about, Chris Paul has had, like, big game, small game, big game, small game, big game, small game. You just said he went for 28. And was it game in the closeout game, what, what 14 for 14 from the fourth quarter? In, uh, 14 for 14 in one – Right. He's due for uh, a, a clunker, like a, a nice little seven point five assist. You know, uh, my legs are tired. Game, and also too interestingly enough about Dallas. You're right; they did run him out of the building, but I thought it was an uh, interesting coaching move by Jason Kidd to wave the white flag as soon as he did. Like he kind of, kind of. So I think that you'll see a little bit uh, more rested Dallas team in Game Three. The biggest horse race of the year is quickly approaching, and you can bet the Derby risk-free up to $200 with TVG. That's right. New TVG players can get started with a risk-free bet up to $200 on your first single horse win wager. That means you'll get up to $200 back if your horse doesn't win. The TVG app gives you all the tools you need to bet the Derby. You'll get access to free picks, analysis, and wagering advice from industry experts. I've been doing a little research myself. I'm going to dance with Epicenter to win it all. Give me Epicenter to take home the Derby. The Derby is coming up this Saturday, so don't miss out. Just sign up with promo code VOLUME for your chance to bet risk-free up to $200 exclusively on TVG.com and the Watch TVG app. Remember to use promo code VOLUME at sign up. Disclaimer, age and residency restrictions apply. New users only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Visit tvg.com for offer terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So we, we're moving on to Saturday. So it's a, it's a Philly win game four, maybe scenario. Dallas more likely than not will win game three as we flip the page. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a good I think that's a strong move. Let's let's talk about this Celtics Bucks series. This is going to be a riveting game three, probably the most interesting line sitting there right now at the Bucks minus three on Fanduel for Game Three. We saw a tale of two Celtics teams, particularly from three point land, just shot at an insane first half clip in that first half. What do you see in this? Celtics Bucks game three. We know Boston has covered six straight away games and Milwaukee's just one and five against the spread in their last six home games. Any of those trends give you a lean on what we're going to see in as we shift back to Milwaukee? See, it's that type of thing. It's like, that's why I don't just, just watch the games and bet, right? Like if you just watch games and bet, like to me, I think the Milwaukee minus three is a layup. Like I think that Milwaukee should, I think Milwaukee is significantly better than Boston. Wow. I think you have a lot of, well, I think what happened was you had a Boston team that got way better in the second half of the year, right? Kudos to them. And they roll over the seventh seed, which they should, right? If, if you just think about it, close your eyes and imagine the playoff pictures in years past, the two seed normally is not going to have too much of an issue with the seventh seed. Normally we get out of there in six or five. This time we had it in four. It just so happened that we had two Hall of Famers on the seventh seed this year. Right. That was a bad team. The Nets were a bad team. We saw the Celtics, who were a good team, roll them. However, 
all year, there's been two great teams in the NBA. Been the Bucks, and it's been the Suns. Don't overthink. Uh, you're it. calling the Bucks great? You don't think so? I don't think defensively they're even close to what they were last year. I think schematically, Budenholzer had a nice game. But then let's not forget what this Celtics coaching staff has has drummed up all season and Ime's ability to make adjustments. I don't know that this is the same defense as last year from from Milwaukee standpoint. No, but do you know that? You know who is the same guy from last year? Giannis. And he's bad. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you though, Martin, because Giannis was held to nine of 25 in game one under 30 points and 11 to 27 and under 30 in game two. I mean, he's going to get his either way. He did have a triple double in game one, but he's not putting up effortlessly 30 points or because he hasn't got to it. But you know, when he puts up 30 and you're like, how did he even do that? was the most effortless 30 I've ever seen. I do think Horford gave him a little bit of trouble and, you know, credit to Robert Williams and Grant Williams for doing for platoon swapping a little bit and handling him on certain spots. I don't know that this Bucks team has enough offensive weapons from a role playing standpoint, especially when you're getting eight points from Brooke Lopez combined in two games. Look, I hear what you're saying. I really do. And if Middleton was there, it may be, we may be singing a different thing. I would look at the right? painting completely differently if Middleton was playing. But I just think when you look at the variance in the rate at which the Celtics shoot the three ball, like when you go back, if you just look at the playoffs, the way they were playing against the Nets, they were hitting everything, but also there was no defensive pressure whatsoever, right? Now, you like I get it. The Bucs aren't the same defensive team they used to be, but they still do have those two twin towers back there at the rim. Right. Like in game one, I don't remember the exact numbers, but in game one, everybody was saying the Celtics can't shoot that many threes. They have to get into the paint. In game two, they shot a ton of threes as well. And they still weren't getting in the paint at the same. I, I don't I just don't think that, I think we what we happened there in game two, honestly, for, especially for that game to be so uh, to be so uh, not close uh, to, for the margin to be so wide was you ended up with what Doc should be doing in Miami, where it's just like, or like what Dallas was doing when Luca was out against Utah. We're going to shoot as many threes as we can. Hopefully we make a bunch. Here's the thing, though. Boston don't got the snipers like that. Like, Boston, like, they're not going to be able to shoot their way out of this series. They're going to have to get to the rim and have to get to the line. And seeing Brooke Lopez and Giannis down there gives me, like, that. I worry about that. And I really do think that the Celtics are like the public team now. After the That's fair. Game. I look, I, I I'm leaning Milwaukee in game three as well. I still like Boston in the series. So you're you're all in on Milwaukee making a run. I bought ball, I bought Milwaukee on the series uh before game one when they were sitting. Wow. I was like, I don't I think I was like, I think the wrong team is favored. So I gotta buy the underdog. Wow. So do you expect this to go six or seven? Like looking at the series price again which I'll bring it up. What, what are your thoughts on how far this goes? I think it'll be six. I, th- I think it'll go six. But again, a six that felt like five. But I said that it's so hard. It's so hard, Monica. You make these predictions before the series. Then a game happens. Then you want to change it all completely. And then another game happens. And you want to change it all back. 
I, 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 I'm just going to stick to it. I feel like the Celtics are a great story. Uh, they were a really good team. And I think like next year, like Tatum's here, like he's, he's, a, he's ascended. He's now in the conversation as superstar. Like, and I think this might be where the train stops. All right, so you're on. So you're on Bucks minus three and to win the series right now on Fanduel. You can nab either team plus one hundred two or minus one twenty. I'm sticking with Boston. I think they go back to Boston two two, and it's going to be a fascinating best of three. I think Boston. I mean, they put themselves in this position. They have to win one in Milwaukee. I do think you know shooting sixty five percent from three and getting twenty five from Jalen in the first half is not going to happen again. Right, but. I'm just I'm just concerned on both sides of the ball for Milwaukee on some level. I is Grayson Allen ready to be the third leading scorer the rest of this series for this Bucks team because they may need him the way Brooke Lopez is showing out and Drew Holiday is not a 25 a game every game kind of scorer. You saw that in game one. You didn't see that in game two. I mean, Marcus Smart's health is a concern, but Boston's deeper right now, and technically they are playing better defense. Yeah, I mean, you know what, though? Look, you're going to tell me that Jason Tatum is going to go in the first round through KD and Kyrie, and then the second round through Giannis, and then who, who would end up being in the third round? The Miami Heat don't really have a guy like that. Like, I just I, – I don't know if I'm ready to believe that. I don't know <laughs> if I'm ready to go there yet. I don't know if I'm – like, I saw what he did to KD, and I was like, yo, impressive, young man, impressive. I just don't know if I'm ready to 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 go there. No, I like it. I like I like when we disagree a little bit, but we're both on the Bucks for game three. Let's let's wrap it up with this, this Grizzlies. We'll disagree here, I'm sure. Yeah, this Grizzlies-Warriors series, this is a fascinating line. I'm kind of shocked right now that it's a six-and-a-half-point line here for Game 3 in Golden State, considering Memphis is 2-0 and against the spread in this series and the best cover in the NBA, also top three road cover against the spread as well. We do go back to Golden State where GS is the top two behind the Suns only and a straight-up record at home. There's a lot of bad blood going between these two teams. Dylan Brooks, as Kerr said, broke the player code. I hate to see GP the second go down like that. I do think that's an underrated big loss for them. I do like the Warriors in this game. I'm still undecided on what side I'm on. Could this be a Warriors win Grizzlies cover game three? Absolutely. I think the Grizzlies could win game three. Wow. I think both of these teams are sitting up thinking we should be 2-0. And so I think whatever whatever uh, prediction you made at the beginning of the series, you've talked yourself into it. I had the Grizzlies in six here, and I feel like the entire NBA world was ready to give the Warriors the championship after they ran through Denver. But, you know, if again, if you look at it all year and then in the playoffs, Steph is not shooting. This is going to sound crazy. I apologize to the listeners of this fine pod. <laughs> I promise you, I'm not a hot taker. Steph hasn't been shooting that great this year. Compar- comparatively to what he has been in his career, I mean, if you think about this down the stretch of that uh, last game, but banked home a four, a banked home a three that they desperately needed, like that would have been off from the side. Like, but anyway, Steph hasn't been shooting in the same way that he has been. The emergence of Jordan Poole has allowed everybody to ignore the fact that Clay Thompson has not been the same guy since he's returned from two injuries, which makes sense, right? Like, but 
it's hard to forget or it's hard to not see how they're hunting clay on the perimeter to try to drive past him with Memphis is. I picked Memphis in this series because I thought that the trio of, of Morant, Brooks, and Bain would be able to keep up defensively with the trio of Thompson, Curry, and Poole as they're running. Because that's the kind of the helter-skelter just run around. It looks like the cartoons where like guys get in a fight in a cartoon and it's just like, boom, pow. You see like all the, like, it's like a, a things just rotating and all that stuff. I, that's what I see how Golden State runs their offense. I think Memphis could keep up with that. However, Golden State don't got nobody that could keep up with John Morant on offense on trying to stay in front of him. And they have less of nobody now that Gary Payton has a fractured elbow. Because he was going to be the guy that was going to stand in front and take that punishment. But now that his elbow was gone, now who's it going to be now? Andrew Wiggins? So you're on the Grizzlies plus 245 right now on FanDuel to win the series outright in game three. Yes, sir. Game one I was on. Yeah, so. Wow. But I I mean, I just, I mean, think about it, man. You had a game. Here's the thing. Here's the real key. John Morant's averaging 40 in the first two. That's not going to continue. There's no way. All right, but first of all, don't you ever doubt John Morant in the playoffs. (laughs) Second of all. Second of all, you know what's also not going to continue? As we've seen throughout this play, I've seen Desmond Bain is going to keep shooting as poorly as, been, as he's been shooting. I know his back's hurt, but he's had a few days off now to rest it. Dylan Brooks is going to probably play most of the game instead of just three min- uh, a minute and 30 seconds in the, first, in the first quarter, you know, provided he doesn't get suspended, but I don't think he will. Like, I think the key to this series for me is Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., Darren Jackson Jr. and Carl Anthony Towns, that was the perfect first-round matchup for them because they're two – you know the uh, used car or, you know, you drive past a car dealership and they had a car and they had a guy out there and they're blowing the thing and this guy's waving his arms like a big right, tall right. guy. He's waving his arms left and right like, here, come get your new Prius, right? Yeah. That's Darren Jackson Jr. He plays like that guy, right? <laughs> but if he can get it all together and pull Draymond out from under the rim, it's canceled Christmas. If he can stay on the floor and hit threes, like to me, the reason why everybody said game one was a must win for Memphis after they lost it, of course, was because Jaron Jackson Jr. was what, six for nine from three, didn't foul out until the very end of the game. And you had, you know, Draymond's not going to you know, get what he get kicked out. Draymond's not going to get kicked out. All of that, right? All of that. That's why they said it because Jaron Jackson Jr. has that ability to stretch the floor and take the only guy who can guard him on the Warriors, Draymond Green, away from the paint, guess what? John Morant, boom, dunking on everybody. And if he's not dunking, that's a Bane three. That's a Dylan Brooks doing whatever the hell he does when he catches the ball. I saw a tweet about Dylan Brooks. It's the funniest thing. It's at Knicks Tape 99, I believe is who sent it. But it was uh, Dylan Brooks <laughs> thinks Kobe wore 24 for him. Oh my gosh! You think it's well, the that guy takes? I think I think this series, uh, real quick, I'll, I'll say, it comes down to one word, and that's experience. I think this Warriors team again. You've heard Draymond talk about it on the Draymond Green show. Shout out volume multiple times that they've been through the wins, the tough losses, and adversity, and this this Grizzlies team may be you know too young and dumb to. You know, those teams that we see that just don't understand 
that this moment is so big that they're going against three-time champions and and really the the best nucleus that we've seen in the latter half of a decade. And maybe they they roll past him, but I don't see Jaw keeping up this kind of production. And this is our first game we're getting with full lineups minus GP. Draymond's playing the whole game. Dylan Brooks will be in the whole game. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm on the Grizzlies to probably cover game three, but I got the Warriors to win. I don't mean to push back on your uh, your volume brethren, right? I know I don't want to do pod <laughs> on pod crime. But you know what another <laughs> word for experience is? Old. 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 <laughs> Man, they're old. chilling with the third splash brother in Wiggins. Hey, let's not forget he was an all-star starter. Let's let's not hate on our guy from Canada. No. And hey, don't get me wrong. I have I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Jordan Poole and the three-pointer that he hit to defeat Houston in the NCAA tournament as he was playing for my Michigan. <laughs> That's your boy, man. I, will, I will always have a soft spot for Jordan Poole. However, watching this Memphis team, man, you know, I just you know what else, too, as I sit here and just off the top of my head, Draymond Green talking about how he's got all this all this experience. We know who else has experience. John Morant and beating the Golden State Warriors. Right. He had to play in last year. There was what I think there was uh, playing a couple years ago. Whenever John Moran's first big game, first real big game, he went off for like 40 something. They were think three and one against him in the regular season this year. And now they're one and one against him in the playoffs and was a scoop shot away. Or, you know, this is one thing I love, job, but bro, if you just dropped that to Brandon Clark right there, <laughs> that third all star starter you're talking about, Andrew Wiggins is getting dunked through the rim. <laughs> they're up 2-0. All right, all right, all right. Well, yo, we, we got a jam. So give me two words. One team from the West, one team from the East you got in the NBA Finals. Suns Bucks. Wow, there it is. Mario Sons Weiss Bucks. does it there again. Suns Bucks, he says. All right, I agree with one of those. We'll have I to have you on like again one more this. time. Suns Bucks, and if it's not that, Suns Heat. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I do not disagree. That is that is laying it down right there. I'm still a believer in the Celtics, but we will we will circle back in the conference finals and have you on again. Martin Weiss, Extra Points Pod. Make sure to check out the Lemon Pepper Parlay and all things Martin on Twitter at Martin Weiss. Martin, thanks so much for coming on, my man. My man. See you next time. <laughs>